Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Much better again in 2000 where it all clicks, doesn't it? I mean, you and Jason Bargwana to win Bathurst, what did it mean to you? Can you take us back? Oh, how vivid is it in the memory to win on the mountain and what an achievement that must have been for you at that, that, that stage of your career? Well, I was, I was 23 when we won. So I was the second youngest to have won the race at that stage behind Lowndes. And I think it was only a couple of months difference when Lowndes won it the first time as far as age goes. And it was the first time I'd ever, ever finished the Bathurst 1000. So in 98, I crashed out. 99, our car was involved in someone else's crash and we got caught up in it. So I'd never finished the race. So as a 23-year-old, you're, you're still pretty brash and you're still pretty confident. So I just sort of thought at the time, well, geez, all you got to do is finish this thing in your half a chance. Um, it's only until, you know, four, five, six years later that you realise how much Bathurst can kick your ass, that you realise how fortunate you were to to have won it, you know, the first time I'd finished the race and only your third ever start. So, um, yeah, I mean, I still I still now, like, what is it, 23, 24-odd Bathurst starts? I still remember sitting on the couch with my old man back in Perth early morning tuning in to watch the race. And that was the, that's my memories of Bathurst. It's not actually, you know doing it it's it's being the kid growing up watching it watching peter brock dick johnson larry perkins jim richards all those guys do the thing that that you know i have been fortunate enough to do so it's very special it's very very special and you take the championship that year to the last the last race was it not you had to settle for second behind mark scaife in the end but did you feel like you mentioned how brash you were at that age and we all are but that you'd truly arrived yeah no i thought um i thought ah you know especially on that sunday night you know just won bathurst and going into that race in 2000 bathurst was the last round of the championship i had to win it to win the championship for me to win the championship i had to win the race and scafey had to finish 13th or worse or something like that Mm. so it was still a bit of a long shot in reality for me to win it to win the championship and because the first thing you you got to win bathurst that's no that's not easy so when we crossed the line, I was like, oh, yes, we won the race. And that was awesome. And then, like, it was like a minute later, I was still driving the car back to to the podium. And I said, oh, yeah, where'd Scafie finish? Because I'd realised they'd had dramas through the race. I know they'd had some dramas. And they said, oh, no, nah, he finished eight. So you're second in the championship. But, oh, yeah, it's cool. And at that point, I'm like, well, I've just won Bathurst. I've just finished second in the championship. We're going to win everything next year. Because, like I say, you're 23. Ten foot tall and bulletproof, and you know you've just had success. Um, and it's then that you realise that um, you know you feel like you're invincible. And then you know we had a couple of years post 2000 that weren't real strong, and you realise that this is not easy. This game, it's not, it's not, it's always not. Doesn't always go as it's written in the script. There's always a few curveballs, and you've got to, you know, you've got to take take. The success when it comes your way, but be prepared to do the real hard work when it gets hard, and put you know roll your sleeves up a bit. And 
at that stage, I probably hadn't understood that fully. Yeah, well, you were about to, because I imagine there's some pretty harsh lessons. I think it was 10th, 10th and 12th in each of the next three years when it comes to the championship. There were mechanical issues in 04 as well. You were t- 11th. So how did it go south at Gary Rogers Motorsport for you, do you think? And, and what led to the departure for the the newly renamed HSV dealer team? Oh, look, I think at GRM in that period, the team had gone through this massive growth period and I was part of that and development period because even when I joined in 98, that was the first year that the team had run two cars in the championship. So, you know, gone from running two cars in the championship and they were buying their cars. Then we were buying cars from other teams. We weren't building our own cars. And then in 99, we started building our own cars. 2000 obviously had a great year. Then at the end of 2000, the team expanded into the development series as well. So the team was growing rapidly. And I think potentially the team grew too quickly, too fast. And, you know, we... We weren't, um, we weren't staffed adequately enough to do what we needed to do. And the other teams at this point, right at this point, you know, from late 90s, early 2000s, the Supercars Championship went from this sort of semi-professional championship to a fully full-grown championship. It was the, really the seed of what the championship is now. It was that period. And I don't think at GRM we really, you know, got on that bandwagon at the right time. It took us probably another two or three years to understand, hey, this we need this level of staffing. We need this level of funding. We need this level of technical expertise. We're probably still in that mid-90s business case rather than, you know, growing and, and adapting with the time.